But it's wonderful to be with you today, and I have the opportunity to share God's word with you. Uh, just a little focus on praying for missions and focusing on this aspect of declaring the gospel today and why we should be doing that. Uh, but yes, our ministry is called Nationals Outreach Worldwide Ministries, and we work in about 45 different countries in, in, with over 900 different national pastors and workers. Uh, to various degrees. Some of those are ones we're training personally. Some of them we've invested in through pastors' conferences and just have come in contact with. Then others are ones that are directly supported through our ministry. There's churches and individuals who have partnered with us to support these men and their families around the world. Places like Cuba, Myanmar, Cambodia, Malawi, Mozambique, uh, and many, many other places around the world that they're doing faithful works, just serving the Lord, trusting the Lord to provide their needs and resources, and then we were able to come alongside and help them even further as God sees fit, as well as investing in them theologically. Well, that's enough said there. Let's get into the Word today. Uh, if you go to Matthew chapter 9, if you want to follow me there, a very familiar passage, uh, verses 37 and 38, uh, where the Lord references directly to praying for the harvest, praying for the gospel advance, praying for the message of the gospel to go forth. Of course, the context of Matthew chapter 9 coming in, we see Jesus fulfilling his ministry of teaching, healing, and, and, and various things, and just preaching, teaching, healing. And we find, I think, the Lord coming to terms with the limitations of his humanity. Uh, he had left the stepped out of the thrones of glory. He has taken this human form. He's all God, of course, but he has limited himself to the human form. And he's finding that this human body gets tired. He's finding that this human body gets uh, lacks the resources it needs to do the full task on its own. And we find him being moved with compassion as he gazes upon this multitude of people that are hurting, that need to know of his healing power that he has to offer them. And we find him stopping and wiping that sweat off his brow and looking around. We come down to verses 30, 38. And he says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And he cries out and he asks his disciples, would you pray? Pray for the harvest. Pray that God would send forth laborers into his harvest because I can't do this on my own. Specifically in the time frame he has, just a few years away from where he would give his ultimate sacrifice, shedding his blood upon the cross and bearing our sins upon him. And turn would then die, buried, and then we rise again, and then he would return to heaven to be with his father. But he cries out to his disciples, pray. And you know, if we're going to see any success in mission, success in gospel advance, and I think that's the whole purpose of this group, we need to have that heart of prayer. We need to pray. If you read E.M. Bounds' books, one of the original writers on this importance of prayer, in his book, Essentials of Prayer, he says the key of all missionary success is prayer. The key is in the hands of the home churches. The trophies won by our Lord in heathen lands will be won by praying missionaries, not by professional workers in foreign lands, 
More especially will this success be won by saintly praying in the churches at home. The home church on her knees fasting and praying is the great base of spiritual supplies, the sinews of war, and the pledge of victory in this dire and final conflict. Financial resources are not the real sinews of war in this fight. Machinery in itself carries no power to break down heathen walls, open effectual doors, and win heathen hearts to Christ. Prayer alone can do the deed. And our Lord understands that. It's prayer that is going to motivate. It's prayer that's going to work. It's prayer that's going to uh, enact God's work in hearts and lives to reach this world with the gospel of Christ. But in verse 37, we see why our Lord says pray. Why he calls upon his disciples to pray. Of course, first of all, the need is great. The first part of verse 37 says the harvest truly is plenteous. And I don't think any of us can argue as we go about our daily lives, we see the world around us that is there. The harvest is great. It's out there. It is, it is there. But do we see it? Do we see the great need around us? Do we see this great need in our neighborhoods? Do we see it in our coworkers? Do we see it in our schools? Do we see it wherever we go? You know, no matter ethnicity or our political leadings or social status or location, there are people who are desperate, hurting, and wearisome and hungry. And the need, and, and the need is great wherever we go in this world. Uh, I see we have several participants from around the world. And often those of us in the Western world look at the need there, everywhere else around the world. But yet it is here as well in this Western world as we go. Do we see that Macedonian call? The one standing in the vision of night calling out, come unto us and preach to us for the need is great. Help us. Help us. I think of this illustration when we think of modern art. When we listen to modern music, we're often tempted to write it off. Sometimes we may chuckle at it or laugh at it. But you know, Francis Schaeffer made the fact that these paintings and these poems and these demonstrations that we have been talking about are the expression of men who are struggling with their appalling lostness. Dare we laugh at such things? Dare we feel superior when we view our tortured, ex there's these tortured expressions in their art. Christians should stop, stop laughing and take these men seriously. Then we shall have the right to speak again to our generation. These men are dying while they live. Yet, where is our compassion for them? There is nothing more ugly than the orthodoxy without understanding or without compassion. We stop when we see our modern music and the art around us and we write it off. We're saying that it is of the devil and these various things, but do we actually see it as an expression of their lostness? People crying out with no wisdom, blind leading the blind. Do we see it as a cry for their need for the gospel? Need for hope. Need to understand what true love is. Understanding what compassion is. Understanding what holiness is and what godliness is our lord says pray because the need is great we'll continue on in verse 37 pray because the workers are few says but the laborers are few the harvest is plenty but the laborers are few 
Our Savior cries out to us, do you have a vision to pray for the need is great, but those who would meet this need seem to be lacking. Matthew 24, verse 12, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Philippians 2, verse 21, Paul says this. He says, for all seek their own, not the things which are of Jesus Christ. You know, it's been said that 90% of the work within a church is only done by 10% of the people. Our Savior draws our attention to this vital statistic. And as those, one who is involved in this frontline type of work of sharing the gospel and, and working in this, I believe you can, I can feel these pressures every day. My heart breaks over the need of our area and around this world, yet in my finite humanity, it's impossible for me to help them all. And I cry out to my Heavenly Father, Lord, Father, I can't do this. I need help. Raise up workers to fulfill your great commission. We need those who will go and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, our Savior tells us in Mark 16. We need those who will teach the gospel. Matthew 28, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you. But also we need those who will go out and simply live the gospel. Acts 1 verse 8 challenges us that ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Witnesses, living out the gospel before those, being living testimonies of what the gospel does into your life. And so our challenge today is to pray because the harvest is great. But the labors are few. But you can't ignore what happens after our Lord challenges the disciples to pray. Because you go into Matthew chapter 10. And you find him calling these to go out. And as we take this call seriously to pray. To pray because we see that the harvest is great, but the labors are few. We must be ready to be called up ourselves. God will work and he will motivate us. And we will be the ones taking that gospel and the gospel, advancing the gospel to our communities, to the world around us. You know, we often will take, we'll pray, we're praying for others. God call others to go out, but he will work in our own lives. And he will call us forth to be those who take the gospel around the world that go out and reach and gather the harvest that is so great around us. And that is our challenge today as we look at this praying for missions today, praying for the gospel advance, praying for the gospel in our local churches and communities. Be open to the fact that as you pray today, and then you go out to do serve the Lord tomorrow in your local church and your communities, that he's going to be working in your life and put you new connection with the person that he desires you to reach today and to share the gospel with them. And you'll be one gathering the harvest along with our Savior as you go from this place.